Kerry King. Yep, yep, yep. Come in, come in. Oh boy. Come here and sit next to me, man. Oh man, do I have to sit? I mean, I'm still like all giddy from the game. I'm still feeling it. Man, you stood up for 90 minutes, didn't you? I did. In fact, I think I'm actually kind of injured from it. <laughs> you are? I think so. My leg hurts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens if you stand too long. Did you jump? I did, absolutely. I was actually worried that, uh, you know, there was like a little banister in front of where I was, at yeah. least. I was afraid that it wasn't going to hold me if they scored, and I just like fall over. <laughs> Man, if you fall over, there's people that can catch you. <laughs> They'll probably too, be too busy celebrating too, <laughs> Come on, man, sit next to me, sit next to me. Let's right. get this going. How are you feeling? Man, I could hardly feel better. Okay. Hardly feel better. I mean, there's not much that can actually happen right now that makes you feel better. What What is the first observation that you have from the Atlanta United and Red Bulls game? The first observation? Yes. Like the first thing that comes to my mind? Yeah. That, that would be, uh, you were there. I was there? Yeah, you were. We were walking up, up to the game and yeah. walking up to the stadium and then just hearing from... from all of a sudden, the noises around me going from typical traffic or random silence or random noises from the city to sudden, like, I don't know, chanting or cheering and large uh, voice over the speakers and the stadium coming in over 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 the hill. You could... You see the stadium's lights you can see the people that are starting to walk that way that's right people were coming in from the side streets and we started to become more and more on on the way to the stadium right absolutely I the mean, whole the whole like aura of the stadium just engulfed that entire area that entire couple of blocks around the stadium and it just drowned out all the street noise from from just five minutes before it was all gone as you get closer to the stadium, the entire aura atmosphere around you was entirely Atlanta United soccer at Bobby Dodd Stadium. I think me and you had a moment there while we, as we were walking, right? Right. We kind of looked at each other and we said, and we, not, we didn't have to say I know, anything. though I must say we didn't say much. <laughs> we, were just, <laughs> we, we were just looking at each other and kind of understanding that maybe this aura, that this feeling that this stadium is breathing right now right. is... Excitement. Oh yeah, absolutely. Excitement and anticipation is what I'm thinking of, along with this giddiness and excitement. Almost like a nervous feeling that this is something we're going to experience for the first time in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a very big game that is actually happening in Atlanta. We are walking to the stadium and as we come outside the stadium, we see this big line there's so many oh, people so you know many people. and we kind of not in rush but we like we need to get in yeah. and we want to see you know the national anthem and everything right. and we kind of figuring out what gate to go to where yeah. which gate are we at right now yeah it was it was confusing because there were so many people you could hardly see over all the people over all the heads maybe because we're short but <laughs> but like what gate numbers were which you could see as you're approaching the stadium you could see people on the like in the stadium, but like on the outside, just like yeah. uh, over like some of the railings and such. And I think the fact that the stadium was is open, there's mm -hmm. no like dome over it, just sort of added. You could hear just this atmosphere. You could tell that there was a ton of people, like this cauldron inside the stadium of people. It was loud. It was so loud. It and was it, loud. with all the people on the outside, yeah, like these lines on the outside, it almost made me wonder 
is the stadium still like half empty? Are they all these people it, still trying to get in? But then as you go inside, and <laughs> it's already completely full. And once you're inside, <laughs> it's, it's like everybody's trying to find the section, the the seats. You know what? Where we're gonna walk? Some are trying to get their beverages and yeah. their food. And I'm like, wait, the, the game is about to start. We gotta go. We gotta quick. Let's go. But there is that one second or moment that every soccer fan can appreciate and remember and love. And it's when you come to the section you will enter. And as soon as you step past those guards uh-huh. into the stadium, yeah. you look around and you're like... Now you see it in all its glory. You see all these people. You see the stadium. You see the pitch. You see the field. You have the people all around you. And you are amazed that this is where history soon will happen. The first game for Atlanta United in the MLS history. Welcome to the 8th episode of the Oz Cotton King Soccer Podcast Show! such a exciting weekend because we've been waiting for it for so long I don't know, a couple of years for several years for some yeah uh for most of the fans of Atlanta United this has been put on their calendar for a long time yeah yeah almost like a christmas day i know it is it's like a uh, christmas came early for for 2017 uh, for me, anyway, that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> for some, maybe it was a birthday yesterday too. I know we all got together with friends, right? So that, just like you do in Christmas or a birthday. Exactly. I wore my Atlanta United jersey for the first time. You wore yours I for did. the first time. So Man, like I new presents. I went to the store, bought bought the uh, the jersey. I bought a cap. Mm. You know, I was I was Atlanta United fan. When I entered that stadium, <laughs> I was even before, you know? But I know there's been people that been with the franchise and the team from the beginning, right? right yeah, absolutely. So that's something I want to talk to you about right now. Okay. The importance of fans. There is no soccer team without the fans. No. Yeah, the fans, I bet fans are more important to a team than they even realize. I bet they realize that they're important to a team, but what they often think is probably not not even as important as they think, as they realize. But I think you have a big point here. It feels like lately that fans' words and what fans think and fans' opinion starts to matter more and more and more. Yeah. 
uh, before you had the clubs going their own way but now I think fans has more power than it used to be yeah especially with uh now that soccer is so global and teams are teams have fans from all over the country yeah. all over the world because sorry because they're opening up to all these people I think they're willing to take input from more of these people as well true true they get influences yeah yeah they also get influences in how to do chance maybe yeah, yeah, right right how to create that some type of atmosphere yeah like you can see the Mexican wave has uh-huh. been around for a long time, hasn't it? Absolutely, a couple of decades, I think. It started at uh, World Cup. I think actually, I think then maybe '86. I think it yeah. started in the '80s. 80s. Might have been 1986, when in the first World Cup. Okay, okay. It's been around since then. Yeah, yeah. You can see it occasionally. I think you can see it listen, in every big Euro, Euro game or yeah. World Cup game, maybe yeah. even uh, Champions League games. Perhaps, perhaps, yeah. It's a very easy thing to coordinate among supporters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a common one. Common, common one. What else do you have? What else do we have? Songs, before and after games, during games, or even stuff like chants, like, here's a super, super simple one. Okay. But, like, let's go Red Bulls for something like okay. that. Just something easy that okay. you can all get to go, you can all, you know. Everyone knows the words too because there's only like three words, three or four words. So. I see. I see. So let's go, Red Bulls. Or something like that. <laughs> no, you know? you're right. What was the what was the at the game? They had ATL, ATL. Yep, there you go. ATL. ATL. Yep. They went with that, which which it was pretty powerful when yeah. everybody did it. It was actually. It's something. It's something nice for the fan or sorry for the players. Because uh, it really drives them on. They hear True. that and they get, they get driven by that. True. We were at the game, me and you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there with my wife. Mm-hmm. You were there with your mom. Mm-hmm. But we all were together before. Yes. We were at my place before and had a pregame. We were like 10 people, right? Yeah. And we had some good time talking soccer, talking about other things. But we had a really good time to build to this game. Yeah, it was us and uh, some of our teammates and our friends from uh, Sons of Pitches League on Tuesdays. Right. Uh, they brought wives or girlfriends or friends of their own. So we all had a good time four or five hours or so before exactly. the game. Exactly. It was really nice. Um, I didn't actually know what kind of chance or things would happen, you know? like I didn't either. Uh, I didn't... Uh, I expected something like ATL and yeah. that happened. They it, get it, more complicated than that sometimes, don't they? they? They do, they do. Especially when you have fans that might not be as dedicated. Right or know the sport as much cannot be be behind yeah. the chance or yeah. the, the actions right. the they're less familiar with it right it can be tough when um, they get these chants going when a major supporters group or so gets a chant going and you may have just the supporters group saying uh, you know doing the chant performing the chant which is something but ultimately they want the whole stadium they want as many people in the crowd that, as they can get even though true. they're less casual fans more true. casual fans true um, I think if you do one thing many times, you will be good at it. I think you so. know, if you get more experience, um, there is this uh, uh, just top of my head that came right now is Besiktas fans. Besiktas is a team in from Turkey, mm-hmm. and they have very dedicated fans, man. And this this one guy that comes up in the middle of the field, in the pitch, and uh, before the games, and uh, he puts his finger uh, in front of his nose kind of like right okay right. so he says 
and points his finger around the stadium and then the entire stadium gets quiet okay the entire stadium gets totally quiet and one side says B the other side says Iki the other side says Uch which means one two three and then they all start jumping la 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 everybody 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 like you have I don't know maybe 60,000 people they sound something like this same page all doing the same thing it's real powerful it's powerful yeah it's powerful it's got to be give away a lot of energy to the players when they see that too yeah i can imagine just me watching that, that little clip was like wow right <laughs> right really speak. felt like the atlanta supporters had that attempt yesterday yeah on yeah. doing this yeah something similar that could have the same kind of impact but they all weren't really coordinated it felt like most of the people didn't know what to do True. or when to start and when to be a part of it. True. And uh, that's okay. Yeah, you get that with a new club uh, with in a country that's soccer is getting more and more accepted in this country, but you know, it's not doesn't have the roots that a place like Turkey does. Right. So, you're going to get a little hiccups along the way yeah. early on. But uh, people tried it, though. A lot the, of people tried they it. Tried it. They tried it. And I think a lot of people actually knew what it was. Yeah. But it was uh, just slightly off. Yeah. But I was very proud and happy that we did it and we tried it and it was almost going well. Um, but I know also it's like the first game and yeah. it's going to be fun when we, you know, when we have done it after maybe five, six games or something like that. Yeah. But what am I talking about? Can you just give us a brief description what this is? Uh, what you're talking about is... It goes by, I guess, several names, but one thing that we call, uh, commonly call it is like a boom, boom, clap sort of thing, or I don't know, Viking clap or something. I don't know, thunder clap. Thunder clap. Where yeah. everyone, preferably everyone, claps and then they all wait and our hands are spread out wide okay. like this. You can't see it at home, but like this. <laughs> and then wait a few moments and then clap and then wait a few moments and then clap. And you wait a few moments and then clap. And then slowly and slowly, you'll get a little bit faster. Faster, faster, faster wait, faster. fast, clap, clap. And uh, once everyone does it, it's amazing to hear, to mm -hmm. hear all the clapping and then the silence and then the boom, clap, and then silence. But also, it's fun to see all the hands go up and spread out and then come together and spread out again. <laughs> uh, it's amazing uh, to see. <laughs> it's, it's Once it all works... It's definitely a almost a innovation in the soccer fans chanting or yeah. 
you know, the interaction from the fans into the game is very new. I don't right? know. I don't think it's intimidating. It's, it? it's scary. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a Viking chant. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely there to kind of boost you up. Oh, yeah. It's similar to rugby players from Hawaii doing the Maui dances, chanting, oh, screaming yeah, before the, the game. New Zealand team. Is yeah. it New Zealand? New Zealand, yeah. New, yeah, New Zealand team. Yeah. They do it, you yeah. know? It's like, it's, and fans do it too, I believe. That sort of like dance that they do. Right. That's supposed to intimidate the other team. It does. It does. Let's go to the game between Atlanta United and Red Bulls and hear this attempt that everybody tried to do this clap, the funny clap. Let's go and see how this try was. Right. A yellow card caution has been issued by the referee for the Red Bulls, number 15, Sal Zizzo, in the 39th minute of the first half. So like you heard, <laughs> like you heard, it was um, it was an attempt. We can say that. Yeah, an attempt. You know, a lot of people tried it. I don't know if necessarily we were there. The whole stadium didn't necessarily mm -hmm. try it, but a good amount of people, at least somewhat, knew about it. Right. Or they saw the supporters start it, and they kind of picked. They you know caught on. They it's easy to catch up on. Um, but uh, and they tried it, which is good. That's exactly. Uh, the hard part was. To actually know when you are going to clap. Yeah. So I kind of want to the timing. Timing, right? Yeah. So I kind of want to. I want to tell our listeners how this how this is actually going to work. How this really can be coordinated and uh, kind of give that detail a bit. Okay. I saw this first time in the Euros. It was the it was the charming Icelandic team hmm. that did this in the big scene. Right. I think you know what game I'm talking about when it really got big. Uh, people didn't really know about this chant. I think they did it in a qualification game against Austria. Like the Austrian fans were like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> this is something new, you know? Yeah. But in the Euros, when Iceland won against England, ah. they went to the crowd after the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the entire team went to Jude Jonsson, uh, Sigurdsson, right. you know. I mean, they, they were there, right? To mm. celebrate this massive, massive achievement with their fans. Yeah. How many people from Iceland came really to this game? Uh, the amount of people that bought tickets to watch Iceland or Icelandic people that watch tickets, bought tickets were like around 8% of the population. Something like 27,000, 30,000 people. <laughs> which is 8% of their population. <laughs> so that means... Uh, Iceland ha is one of the smallest country population yeah. was in Europe, yeah. and they have around three hundred thirty thousand people. So, like twenty seven thousand people went to the game, right. and uh, so you know they were they were really on the one corner side and really doing this 
perfectly, man. They were doing it perfectly, you know. It's kind of like someone has, they have to be quiet, okay? And someone hits the drums twice, doo-doo. Yeah. And then they clap. But that guy that hits the drum, he has the beat. Mm-hmm. So the players and the rest has to has to same time clap. Okay? Make sense? Right. When you clap, they shout out a sound. Ooh. Ooh. You know? Yeah. It's like... Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So that was kind of missing at the Atlanta game. Yeah. We didn't have... I think the big one was we didn't have a drummer, I don't think. Mm-mm. Which, like you said, it keeps the type of tempo. It keeps the timing of when to clap. That way people aren't... You don't have thousands of people trying to keep time in their own head and they're all keeping time differently, <laughs> right, right. right? So you have like... Exactly. <laughs> that come from different places. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I thought to myself, or well, I kind of dreamed away a bit. I mean, we're allowed to dream. We're soccer fans. Mm. And I was thinking... Maybe down the road, when Atlanta United will win the MLS Cup, yeah, and we could be maybe sixty thousand people. That's not a dream. That's gonna be reality. That's man. going to be reality. So let's talk about <laughs> a future reality that will happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could be at the Centennial Park uh-huh. downtown with the entire crowd, and the team is on the stage. Yeah, and we do this all together with perfect synchronization, like the Iceland team did when they came home from the Euros from France. So, Oz. Yes, yes. The Iceland team really made, those Iceland fans made that clap so popular around the world, didn't they, at Euros? They did. But there are some other pretty big ones that fan, big chants, big traditions that fans have before and during, after games, whatever, mm-hmm. to, to strive their, or sorry, drive their team on. Uh, can you think of others? I can think of a few. There, there are a lot, right? Like yeah. there is before the games, there is the march, there is the right. meetings, there is the pub they go to, um, the groups are collecting. But it's also uh, the preparations has to be done and needs to be done at the stadium. Right. But for the masses, right? For like for us, that's not really involved in the in the fan group, but like comes to watch the game. Um, the one I can't think of is. Manchester United have 
uh, one song, you know, Glory, Glory, Man United. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to sing it. <laughs> I don't want to sing it at all. I don't want you to either. I don't want to sing it. It feels bad to sing it, <laughs> but you know, we, 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 we're doing it because it's such a, it's an iconic song that Manchester United fans are singing after they win at home at yeah. Old Trafford. Yeah. And that's another one, like the one I said, uh, uh, like let's go Red Bulls, right? That's simple. That anyone can do. It's right. so easy. Glory, glory, Man United. Right. And blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. <laughs> but if, you, if you're a United fan, you know the lyrics. Exactly. And when the music comes in, the entire stadium sings. Right. And after win, it feels good. Right. Yeah. Everyone knows. Oh, when this song comes in, then we sing this. This song is from Sir Alice Ferguson's last game. Okay that everybody had um, red jerseys or t-shirts and flags and were singing this at the same time. Let's listen. Another big team uh, is, is uh, and this is what I think of often first, would be Barcelona and Barcelona mm. fans. Mm, good one. Uh, especially before the games at Camp Nou. Yeah. And you see the large mosaics. All You always see it before their games. It's very colorful. It's and history. It's, it is complete history with Barcelona symbols, yeah. Catalan flag, right? Exactly. And the song flares on the speakers and... I'm not gonna sing it because I don't know the words. It's in right. Catalan, <laughs> but uh, but this the song that they sing that always ends with that the entire stadium stadium sings over ninety thousand people, and it always ends with Barca, Barca, Barca. Barca. I mean, everybody, everybody. It's like exactly when the players are coming out. The yeah. standing row to look around the field or whatever they do that those yeah, two, know. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure what I would look, but uh, they, they everybody sings it and they have made it to a, such a beautiful tradition. I know, and it's catchy too. I don't know the words, but I hear that that melody and it's just catchy to listen to. I bet, man, I bet, and you probably get goosebumps if you oh, would yeah. be there and watch it live. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially while it accompanies the mosaics that I said. Uh, quite a combo. And Barca has a good history of doing good TIFOs, too. Yeah, for sure. TIFOs, the flag, large flags, right? Yeah. Banners. Yeah. Uh, along with the card displays. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And plus this song... That we're going to play for you right now is really, really creating a significant Barcelona Feel, atmosphere yeah. and feeling before the games. Oh yeah, you know that you're at Camp Nou playing you Barcelona. Are playing at Camp Nou? Yeah. Wow. 
Barca definitely have their own touch to it, you know. You they before Champions League games, before the big games, or even at every home game, they do this as a tradition. Mm. You know, Benfica, they kind of have like a eagle kind of yeah, flies yeah. into the stadium and kind of flies around the stadium first right. a couple of times yeah. and then just lands in his caretaker's arm and then the game is about to start. Um, but Germany has great fans. Great fans. You know, it's amazing to see German soccer and the passion of German soccer fans. Yeah. What I'm very intrigued by German soccer fans is that they use a lot of flags. Ah. Big flags, small flags, you know, scarves. Um, <laughs> they all have it. They're you waving know? around a lot of they stuff. They do, yeah. they do. It's increasing the excitement of the game. You don't have that, that much of that in Premier League. Not so much, no. Uh, you don't see Arsenal having a bunch of flags nah, not, before the games, you know, as not, much as they do in Germany. No, nah, maybe a couple times. I think I've seen like Chelsea, uh, maybe like before Champions League game or something. They often have maybe small flags. In yeah. Chelsea, you see, I always see on TV, they have those two big flags big ones that yes. are big they're, ones they're, they're people run on the sidelines yeah. uh but as for people in the stands mm-hmm. i sometimes maybe see a lot of small flags of yeah. champions league games or really really big games like that but for the most part england as amazing as they are they're much more subdued yeah um so that's something that i think germany i guess has over england or in my opinion has over england i love that in germany i mean uh, a team like dortmund right mm. they have it yeah. They really have oh, it. Yeah, absolutely. They have a yellow wall. They have that excitement already before the games. And almost make the game as intense as is a final somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like every game feels like the final. True. And there's so much, so much going on in these stands that, that it's like matches what's going on even more so. There's more action going on in the stands than on the field, right? Right. In yesterday's game mm-hmm. between Atlanta and Red Bulls, mm-hmm. you had fans and supporter groups that did chanting, that were passionate and were screaming, and it just shows that it's it's growing and it's growing very fast in this city. Yeah. If you look at Dortmund, they already have the type of fans, passionate fans, all around the stadium. Yeah. It grows that much right. in a city like that. I just want to give the perspective where. Dortmund fans are where we are right now. You know what I mean? Uh, Nothing bad at all, just to say it. Um, And Dortmund has also a song in the beginning that a different team in Premier League also sings. I do. And I've seen a couple of countries, a couple of clubs in different countries with this song. But Liverpool and You'll Never Walk Alone go hand in hand like... I don't know what goes bread and butter, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't know, but it's a it's a, a love song, man. Yeah, it is. That Liverpool completely made iconic and famous around the world. And you see, you mentioned flags and color that yes. uh, Germany has and Dortmund has in particular. Liverpool, you see the before games for Liverpool. They're almost like an exception, mm-hmm. uh, where there's before the games they have a ton of flags, massive flags, yeah, small do. flags, they do. with that like that bird that's on that the crest of Liverpool, and you see banners and scarves with "You'll Never Walk Alone" on it, 
and everyone around the stadium, not even just that cor- that cop, right? Mm-hmm. The cop is where most of this yeah. is. But everyone Everybody, around the stadium everyone. is singing, Yes, you'll never walk alone. Everybody at the same time knows exactly the lyrics and where yeah. to start. And it's a song that kind of keeps going for one or two minutes. Yeah. And then when the part comes, you'll never work alone is a moment for soccer fans that has been spending a whole week, Monday to Friday, at work to finally come on a Saturday, sing that song and enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. It kind of sounds like this when they shout out that passion for their club. Alright guys, yes. time we're going to do our weekly quick Euro trip. I'm excited man. Yeah, I bet. For those of you that don't know, uh, this is what our podcast is about. This is the sort of thing that we bring to you. 
uh, our own experiences and cultures yep. here locally. We all live in Atlanta, or but as well as what's going on thousands of miles away in Europe, South America, Turkey, wherever. Wherever. This is what we do, man, isn't it? We bring you the stories. We bring you the journeys. We bring you the experience. We bring you the associations and the memories from the past. We bring you what happened at the old World Cups, old games, and kind of make you rewind and remember those good and bad feelings. Good and bad memories. Yeah. We talk about the present moment, how soccer is impacting the society, how different cultures is working, and we're looking ahead of other games. We do predictions, we do discussions, we analyze. Yeah. We have all this together and we're doing it for you, you that listen, right? Yeah. We're doing it that because we are soccer fans and we want to talk to you as soccer fans, as your friend. And as much as we love soccer, the two of us, soccer reflects life, doesn't it? It does. They go hand in hand. Yes. So when we talk about soccer, we talk about life. We do. We do. We have different backgrounds, me and you. We come from different countries. And we are here as friends. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And if you have any questions, suggestions, please email it to Oscotch and King at gmail.com mm-hmm. oscotchandking gmail.com check out our website yes oscotchandking.com and follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter if you have once anything just tweet to us and we will make sure to come back to you soon Eurotrip Eurotrip that's the segment where we go through Europe in a fast Lamborghini or a <laughs> plane or moped sometimes, which takes a bit longer. I was about to say. But yeah. we go from different games to different games. Different countries, different countries. Exactly, exactly. And now, man, I want to know what Real Madrid did. Real Madrid played Ibar, little Ibar. Tiny city. Tiny, tiny, tiny club, tiny city in the Basque country. Okay. And won 4-1, to one, convincingly. After, remember, earlier in the week they tied... Las Palmas, so they needed to get back. Barcelona, oh, yes. Barcelona's overtaken them, mm. so they needed to bounce back in a strong way. And Real Madrid did that, convincing four to one winners without Ronaldo and Gareth Bale in this game. They didn't play in this game. Instead, they played with Asensio and James, like they had Asensio, Benzema, and Vasquez, and then they have had uh, James. And you know, James has been kind of in the back now, a bit kind of in the shadow, but. You're just waiting for him to get his chance. Uh-huh. He's in shape, in form, yeah. and he delivers when he gets the chance. Uh, every time he does get his chance, he does. He does, he does. Yeah. And this game, man, he scored one goal and had, I believe, two assists. He had a really good impact. That left foot, oh, he's Magical. so sensitive. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a wand. It is. It, it is. is. Zinedine Zidane has a tough task now. You know, is he going to keep hummus in this game uh, the following games that's the question every i mean like we said every time hummus does get his chance he delivers he doesn't always then play the next game sometimes he does but zidane has to deal has had to deal with this yeah. question several times this season i think he, he will get more and more chance now from the start 
And Otherwise, he's have to, he has gonna have to leave. Has yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he he's definitely on a starter, you know. Absolutely. What other games do we have? We had Barcelona still on top with a victory at home over Celta Vigo. Yes, who have been a complete thorn in Barcelona's side the last couple of seasons, but uh, in this case, Barcelona easily you know took care of them out on the wake of. Luis Enrique, you know, he's announcing he's going to resign at the end of the season. He is going to resign, huh? Yeah, yeah. What's the main reason for that? I honestly don't know. That's the mystery. Maybe there's something behind the scenes that we don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's quite a rocky relationship he's had. Even despite winning, I think he won the treble, didn't he? He, he did. The team that won the treble a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he won the double last year. So... Despite with so much success, it's kind of been a rocky situation, rocky relationship with Barcelona. Is it, is it with the players? I bet that's possible. That's some of it. I remember a couple of years ago, Messi and Suarez and uh, Neymar, they weren't doing so well. The mm-hmm. team wasn't doing so well. Real Madrid was flying. Yeah. And around halfway through that season, it was almost as if they just took it into their hands. Messi was just like, okay, I'm playing here. Suarez, you're playing here, <laughs> and this is how we're gonna get the best out of us, right. uh, out of this team. And then from then on, they 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 were flying. I think that's the season they won the treble. So, oh man, I kind of see Barcelona team that has stagnated a bit in, I think so. in the development or in the performance. It's not it's not super world class or mm. the level that we know they can do. Yeah, but in this game, I want to say that, and I want to be very clear. In this game, Barcelona did play really good. They did. Messi was incredible. Yeah. All three of the top three scored. Yes. The front three scored this game. And there is Champions League coming up, and they're going to play against PSG, a game that PSG has a lead with Mm 4-0. I think Barcelona... Can do something. Mm, they can do something, but they're not going to advance. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have something more detailed? You know, I think it could be 4-0 and then overtime. You think so? I mean, if there's any team that can overcome that, yeah. it's Barcelona, right? But they just have to be so on fire. Mm-hmm. Which they've, the last couple of games they've done well. Uh, and PSG also has to be so off their game. As off their game as Barcelona was a couple of weeks ago. True, but it's a mental game. Two that's true, zero, that's true. three zero. Then you're shaking. Yeah, early on. Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. It's possible, man. What's going on in Italy? In Italy, the big game this weekend was Roma and Napoli. Uh, the best of the rest, if you like, because Juventus is already several points ahead. They're most likely going to win it. But Roma and Napoli, good, solid teams. This game at the Stadio Olimpico, and an intense game. Roma fought hard, but as Roma has been super, uh, has been playing super well lately. But this game, they just couldn't, couldn't match yeah. uh, Napoli's intensity. Mm. I think, and mm. Napoli, I, I'm surprised how, how, in the end, how almost comfortably they won. <clears throat> a couple of goals, Napoli taking that one. Napoli, which had also dropped off a little bit the last month or so. Good that Napoli kind of come back. Yeah. To this um, performance. Yeah. That, that we want to see them to do, right? They do. They, they need it. I think they're safe. They're not going to like not be in the Champions League. They're going to stay in the Champions League this yeah. year, uh, qualify again this year. But uh, they have, they the last couple of seasons, they had a good thing going with Insigne True. and Hamsik, 
Callahan, yeah. right? We don't want them to to lose that momentum that they had if they have any hope of eventually challenging Juventus. I saw this video on YouTube, right? This one guy went to Naples in Italy with a Gonzalo Higuain jersey, mm. but it's not Napoli jersey. It's Juventus jersey. <laughs> Ooh, man. He's walking around the city, right? And you can see how surprised people are. They're like looking at, they're like looking over their shoulders. And like, <laughs> what is this guy doing? What is he up is to? Is he really just walking around like this? He just walks around and people literally turning their heads over and say, is this guy mad? Is yeah. this guy crazy? Man, that's a lot of guts oh, yeah. for this guy <laughs> to do it. Um, good, man. We don't want to talk too much about the trip because uh, we have our own uh, soccer game report to do, right? Yeah, yeah. But we really need to talk about... We need to talk about it. We don't really want to talk about it. Um, we will. We will talk about it. And it's the Liverpool-Arsenal game. Yeah. Probably the big game. Biggest game this weekend in England. It is. It was. At Anfield. Yeah. Two teams that have been super inconsistent. Especially after Liverpool's loss against Leicester last week. And Arsenal's shaky times lately. This was a game. Like, literally, this was a game to show some power. Right kind of jump back into relatively or somehow some type of harmony at least yeah yeah and to try and solidify a spot in the champions league mm. because that you know we know that teams two through six right are so up and down they're all over the place always changing so any loss is massive yeah for a massive loss because you know there are three three or four other clubs that are willing to pounce and knock you out of the Champions League spot. So what happened? That's what happened to Arsenal. Yeah. Liverpool, as they do, their typical fast-paced, high-pressure way, just completely overran Arsenal. Yeah. Big news, Alexis Sanchez didn't start, started on the bench. I mean, we were together when we saw who's going to start it. We looked at each other, we're like, why is he not starting? Yeah. Is he injured? Is it something? Yeah. But nothing really came out of it. Like, there's no, been no statement of why he did not play Sanchez. No. There's no reason that being messaged to us fans about why he was on the bench. No, not, not, not that I heard. I mean, that's so frustrating. That is so frustrating. You play your big players... In big games, In right? big games. <laughs> he has most goals. Yeah. He creates most chances. Yeah. He has maybe even most assists in the team right now. Mm. I mean, why, man? Why? Especially the last couple of months, we know Sanchez's status has been up and has been questionable, right? It's been up in the air. Will he sign a new contract? Will he still be at the club next year? He didn't look very happy mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, including the Bayern Munich loss. So this surely cannot help that situation. And Arsenal lost 3-1. to one. As a result, they were knocked out of the Champions League spots for the time being. Fifth place now. And tomorrow, they're playing against Bayern Munich. Second leg. Second leg. They lost the first 5-1. to one. That's it. That's it. That's it, Wenger. Yeah. <laughs> this could be a terrible week for Arsenal. 
And we're back from our year trip back in Atlanta with the city still, still buzzing a bit from our first ever MLS game uh, for Atlanta United. Is there anything else, any, anything else about the club, about that stadium, about the first game, about that magical night yesterday you want to touch on? Definitely, man. We have to. I feel like we have to. And something I would really want to say is thank you. I thank you for the people that has been working really hard to make this happen. It right. goes from the owner. It goes from the Atlanta United team, the coach, the players. But I also want to give a big shout out to the unsung heroes. Can you say that? Sure. To the heroes behind that we don't really know mm. uh, of face. And one of them is the supporters groups. Okay. Okay. I want to have a big shout out and thank you to the supporters group because they are doing a lot of good, honest work out there. Yeah, they are. They're the, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, we talked about how clubs nowadays are listening to getting input from the fans. The supporters groups, when it comes to this sort of thing, are the most vocal, tend to be, usually. They're the most... Sometimes you could say the most passionate, at least outwardly, um, the most passionate. So they're the face of the fans. Definitely. Definitely. They are. And it's, um, it's a hobby for them and not a full time job, right? They're doing on the, on the free time to coordinate it. And it takes a lot of time too. And money as well. Exactly. Um, what, what supporters groups do we have for the Atlanta United team? The four big ones, the four main ones are, Terminus Legion has been there since the beginning, one of the largest, as well as Resurgence mm-hmm. and another big one. All of them are big and, and actually uh, Faction mm-hmm. as well as Footy Mob. Uh, those are the four big ones. Terminus Legion, Footy Mob, Faction, Resurgence. So remember them. And if you're here in the Atlanta area, check them out. They do some wonderful stuff. There's some great guys. We've met with some of them, haven't we? We have because all of them are doing doing something slightly different but the goal is to support the team and also build up the soccer community to actually build up a feeling of unity right. and that's the this entire team is about so me and Oz had the pleasure of meeting with Kevin Kinley one of the founders of the faction uh, supporters group and we just want to borrow a few minutes of your time and present to you some of the interesting conversation we had with him. We're here today, uh, March 5th, 2017, with Kevin Kinley, one of the founders of Diffraction ATL, right? Uh-huh. Um, tell us how you all came up with the, with the supporters group. How did the decision go? When did you decide to start it? Yeah, sure. So uh, we were, all four families were watching uh, the 2015 Women's World Cup. Yeah. And uh, they just announced uh, right before that Atlanta United was going to have a team. And um, we, <clears throat> after the game, after the US won, we thought, uh, hey, let's let's start our own supporters group and, and make it something uh, that we enjoy and, and we like to do. So um, we, uh, we kind of just talked about it for a little mm-hmm. while and then we finally come, came up with a name. And um, we're just... Uh, 
Um, last year we went to uh, the four founders, uh, James Maggard, Spencer Barton, Mark Knepfer, and myself. Mm -hmm. We all went to England and, and saw some games together. Nice. And uh, uh, we had a lot of time to, to talk about some different ideas. And, yeah. and uh, we didn't want to have the traditional European fan group ideas. We wanted to make it something American and something yeah. uh, something special for for our kids too and, and, our, and our families. So um, we came up with some really cool different things that um, other supporter groups don't do. And uh, so we, we really, that's how we started and that's how, what we're doing. Nice, so what's that culture? What is that, what is that differentiate from European soccer that you try to build more on? Right, right. So, um, so one of the things that we're doing is uh, we're giving away uh, game day swag or mm -hmm. items for people to take in so yeah. um instead of uh flags and banners we're we're giving away these uh shakers which you'll uh, see in a lot of college uh, football games um so we've got 500 of those today that are going out to all of our members we surpassed uh, 500 members this morning um we've got about 350 signed up to come to our tailgate so we're probably expecting around 500 for that too nice other things that we're doing is um uh, we're, we're more family oriented, so we're we're bringing in uh, kids and and, and uh, spouses and partners to to really uh, be a part of our group. Um, we are very inclusive of of, uh, of other people coming into our group, and um, uh, I can't say enough about what the other supporters groups are doing as well. Um, we're not like them, but we all get along together, and we all uh, support each other. Um, and we all do things together that, that really make uh, uh, all, everybody's about one thing, which is supporting our, our team, Atlanta United. That's great. Did you say that uh, you noticed a difference pre, around the city, pre Atlanta United announcement and up to this first game? Oh man, it, it's uh, it's such a big hype. And, and uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't think many people thought that, that Atlanta had the soccer fans and I think it was a sleeping giant you know and uh, I think it, it kind of solidifies everything with with this first game being sold out yeah um, with you know 2,000 plus people in this parking lot in a couple of hours yeah and uh, how, many, how many season tickets isn't it like 30, it's a, it's 33,000 now 30, yeah for season game, tickets 55,000 yeah for the whole whole game today, yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. It's going to be amazing, man. Like even even for me that from not US to finally kind of have a team in the city and to support, you know, to kind of go every week and like you said, uh, meet up with friends. And we're going to be at my place today, 10 guys or friends and then we're going to come over to this parking lot and then be a part of the march. So how have you coordinated the march? It's going to start at 6.30 you said yep, yep. and then start walking to the stadium right mm -hmm. it's gonna yep. be like 2,000 people in this march walking at the same time chant play drums yeah we got the whole kit right yeah yeah exactly it's gonna be uh it's gonna be quite amazing because everybody's going through one little tunnel uh -huh. uh, the third street tunnel so it's probably gonna be really loud going through the tunnel but um <laughs> i think uh here. yeah yeah um but it's gonna be really great because uh, I think it's gonna fire up the fans and, and get everybody ready. And, and uh, I hope that, that all the fans come in a little bit early because it, they're gonna put on a show okay. um, before the game. And there's this special golden spike thing that they're, they're implementing. And we've got a, a member of, of our 
uh, supporters group as well as there's other members of the other people that that are representing us to yeah. to help drive in that golden spike to really solidify nice. the unity of our fans and, and of, of all the fans of Atlanta United coming into that stadium. That's the start. Yeah. That's, a, that's the beginning of the start. Yeah. Um, well, well, I had uh, any questions, Kerry? Uh, yeah, Two more for me. One, what do you expect uh, to happen in the game? How do you expect the game? Have like you noticed how the team's shaping up? Or? Yeah, yeah, we've been to a few games. Yeah. Uh, we went down up to Chattanooga and then right. down to Charleston, and we, we watched uh, the last game against Charleston on TV. And uh, I think um, Coach Tata has, has, yeah. has brought together some really good uh, young players, and uh, I think they've gelled really quickly. Um, if you, I don't know if you guys saw the Minnesota Portland game the other night, where where Minnesota just got waxed, yep. man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to be that way. I think uh, uh, New York Red Bulls played a Concacaf Champions League game the other night, and they lost. Just right, and they lost. So I think they may, you know, be a little bit tired because they had to travel all the way back from the West Coast. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I think uh, I think we're going to do well. It's going to be a, either a, a draw. I'm hoping for a win. Oh, yeah. that um, would be amazing! And uh, I, I think we can do it though. Yeah, I think we're going to. I think we can do it too. I'm um, curious. What about, do you think? You about to say something? Yeah, but uh, I kind of would just want to say that, um, man, for soccer, you know, it's so important fans. Mm -hmm. Fans are the number one. You know, without fans, there's no soccer team. Yeah. So I've, I want to really want to thank you and also the other supporters team for everything you've done for coordinating during this event building up this hype and uh, how can uh, the soccer, soccer community in Atlanta support you guys you support your organization and your fan group how can we help you uh, contact you you know can you talk you know just just something about that yeah yeah we appreciate it so much without you guys we probably wouldn't have sold this 55,000 sold that game and yeah. had this hype so you guys keep doing what you're doing mm -hmm. and we're gonna support yeah. in the way we can do come to the games yeah. and, and support the team as well yeah so um, you know there's 33,000 season ticket members yeah. and uh, between all four supporters groups Termas Legion resurgence footy mob and the faction uh, you know, as as their membership, we've only let's see, uh, 700 Terminus Legion. We've got 500, so that's 1,200. Yep. So probably 1,500 of those 33,000 season ticket holders are members of a supporters group. So we're not saying that um, that everybody belonged to a supporter group. Yeah. But if you do, um, or if you want to, yeah. Uh, check them all out. You know. Yeah. Um, you know. Check out the the watch parties. Uh, yeah. Come out to the tailgate. There's no cost to come in to come into the tailgate. It's only if you know you want to eat and drink. I see. Um, and uh, if you want to help in other ways, just come to the tailgate and and, and uh, purchase the the food and drink. Our proceeds are going back to the Fuji Soccer Academy in Clarkston. And um, I know that the other uh, tailgates have some some uh, philanthropy things as well. Um, otherwise, you know, uh, I would say, you know, support us on social media, yeah. um, you know, with, with Facebook and, and retweeting and everything yeah. else. And, uh, you know, just uh, be supportive of us in general. Um, refer us to, to other people that you feel may be interested and in. we really appreciate it. I think, um, I think for, for us, uh, especially the founders, we're doing it to, to leave a legacy for our kids. Yeah. And the, I think the main thing that excites us about having an MLS team is our kids get to see real professional soccer up close. <laughs> and as, as you guys know, as coaches yeah. and myself, when you see something and you're watching soccer and you see kids do something, 
sometimes they see it and it's already in their mind. So yeah. it's visual yeah. imagery yeah. and they just go out on the field and do yeah. it. And you're like, where'd you learn that? <laughs> They're like, I don't know. Yeah, it's because like, they saw it, saw it. you know, whether it's, it's on TV it. yeah. or on yeah. the field. Yeah. I mean, that's something we're missing in Atlanta, live soccer games mm -hmm. to kind of go and watch and in a different high level. Real top class. Top yeah. class. I mean, this is going to be so much growth to youth soccer and so much more inspiration too. Um, something that you didn't have growing up yeah, in Atlanta. Know, that's why I'm so excited too. I've been waiting years for this. I didn't yeah. know if it would happen, but... Yeah, I'm I grew so up in Podunk, South Carolina, man. We, <laughs> I mean, when we came to Atlanta for a tournament, it was the big city, the big A, man. It was wild. Uh, so you come a long way from that small city to finally have a big franchise coming in mm -hmm. and uh, it's just we're happy that we got the chance to talk to you and we're looking forward to hang out with you later today and with all the rest of the fans yeah yeah so please come up last thing for me is I was reading last night in the AJC that I didn't realize this that um do supporters groups have a plan TIFO going on? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know oh, how much you cool. can tell us, but... Uh, yeah, well, I can like tell you that it, that it weighs about 500 pounds. Uh -huh. um, they've been painting it all week, working really hard on it. Um, we went over and helped one night, mm. and uh, it's going to be amazing. Um, you guys are going to be proud of the supporter oh, groups. Nice. Um, and uh, it's going to happen right after the anthem. Awesome. And, you know, TIFOs don't really last that long. But it's going to be, you know, we're, we're on Fox Sports 1 tonight, yeah. and the world is going to be watching us. So um, we're excited about the TIFO as well. Talk about an atmosphere, man. It's yeah. going to be great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you. it. We want to thank Kevin for being a part of the podcast and for the great work they do. If you are interested to join uh, the Faction Supporters Group, please contact Kevin, contact them, follow them on social media too. Mm. And they're doing great work for this team, right? Absolutely. I want to talk to you about another team that has been around for a long time in Atlanta. That is one way the original local soccer team of this city. I went to all their games last season, right? Mm. And I was impressed, man. I was impressed. They had a dedicated fan base. They have the drums. They have flares. They come with scarves. They come with good atmosphere. Nice. It's this really, really nice American fi soccer feeling, awesome. you know? Awesome. They're a good crowd. Their families comes there with kids. And it's cheap to go to these games. It's really a good experience, man. I'm talking about... The Silverbacks team ah, that yes. is is really really. It's been around for a while. They have. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Uh, I've been to several Silverbacks games over the past uh, several years. I remember because for a long time there was no MLS team, right? So my mom and dad they would take me to see live soccer. They take me to see Silverbacks games. Mm. Mm. And uh, I always enjoyed myself. But I remember them playing. They sometimes played the big MLS teams, the higher division teams. I remember a couple of games they played MLS teams yeah. in the cup. Uh, and you're right. It always is a good atmosphere. They have dedicated fans, right. colorful fans. Uh, and always just fun, fun to go to the Silverbacks who really have had, do have that history and a bit more of a tradition to them, uh, which comes with history uh, than Atlanta United does. I agree. I agree. And that's one of the reasons I'm going to also buy a season ticket for the Silverbacks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a local team. Yeah. And it's fun to go there on a Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon to to with your 
family, you know, with yeah, your friends. They have nice restaurant there that you can have some food and drinks and just enjoy a game, you know. It's quality soccer too. It, it is. Yeah. It is. It, it's it is. not. It's not a bad level, you know. No, saying no. it's good competitive atmosphere and environment they have created, and that's really, really thanks to the new owners, right? The new owners that took over this team are really building a good, solid team with with the capacity they have. And uh, I really believe that they have a good project going on. You know, they're very smart people and they build this club's image very well. And if you're soccer interested and you feel like you would like to take your kid to a soccer game, maybe Silverbacks Park is closer to you. Right. Could be a better option for you. Uh, I would really, really suggest that look into buying a season ticket or a ticket to go to the Silver Vest Games that yeah. will start in May. Yeah, I'm going to continue to go for sure. Yeah, home opener, like you said, is in May. May yeah. 6th, I think. Yeah, definitely. Let's go to that one, man. Um, it's beautiful to see how this city comes together as the soccer community that we see, right? Yeah. As it grows, right? It's such an exciting time. Uh, we've always had the Silverbacks here for a couple of decades. And now with Atlanta United here, real, real... The excitement is overwhelming almost. It is. Uh, an Atlanta fan, Atlanta soccer fan. We all were like, which team is going to score the first goal? It would be beautiful if Atlanta scored the first goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and We're lucky, man. I actually ca- captured when Atlanta scored the goal. Did you? I did. I did. Um, I told Kaylee first, like, it's going to be a goal. So I put up my phone and started to record it. And But I was a bit late to push play. So I pushed play as they scored the goal. Ah, uh, I see. You want to you you wanna, you wanna hear it? I do. Here you go. Here you go. history dude you're like a historian yeah or a fortune teller or something savant you were able to see you could tell (laughs) you you were had the presence of mind to take out your phone (laughs) i wasn't i was busy (laughs) uh it was um it was a feeling that kind of came to me you know a thought popped up and i was like you know what uh i want to do it so kind of go with your gut feeling sometimes Uh, it's really really working out you know and credit to you thank you you did capture history right there i did right there right there and i will i will remember this moment for rest of my life i think i will for sure but that's kind of what life is about sometimes yeah like those moments right those moments special moments those special moments of of happiness or joy that doesn't really come along 
that often in your daytime, you know? No, yeah, they every so often, right? Every now and then. That's what makes them special. That they they don't you don't see them all the time and maybe maybe something will come up that gets you feeling down mm-hmm. or upset mm-hmm. uh, and you have this bad mood throughout most of your day but then something happens and makes all that go away right exactly it just lifts your spirits it just lifts your spirits you you change your attitude a bit you become a bit more positive but those moments if you can recognize it they are very very vibrant yeah you know they're very clear on uh, on what's happening right now and you're really doing your best with all your senses to capture that moment you know and uh, it, it's something like that happened in this game that was that I want to talk to you about. Uh, and Atlanta was leading with one zero when Kaylee, my, my wife, asked me how was how I was feeling. So I was telling her how I was feeling, and uh, it, it was really a moment that I was trying to capture here. Okay, okay. it was a moment that will capture that. A happiness that I haven't felt in a long time. That is this moment right now means actually so much to me. Um, like almost like I was in a moment of bliss, hmm. you know. Hmm. Um, but it had an interesting turn to it. Oh, did it? It did. Uh, it had an interesting turn to it. This is very authentic, but it's also soccer. Okay. 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 So. I want you to listen to it. All right, lay it on me. Here you go. Awesome. Tell me, how do you feel right now? Great. Yeah. It feels really good to be here with you, and to drink beer, and knowing that we had all our friends at home, that we had a good pregame. Enjoying one zero. And and to experience this type of excitement with someone that you really love, I would say thank you because it is a really a. a, a, They just scored. Yeah. I was gonna say a precious moment. This is football, though, right? This is soccer, right? Soccer. Excuse me. No, no, you're right. It's football. So you know, as another guess unsung hero, right? Another another group of people that are behind the scenes that aren't talked about much are the entire staff, like backroom staff, not just coaches, coaching staff, like the uh, assistant manager even, or the goalkeeper trainer, oh, yeah. or even other staff that make sure things run smoothly ahead of the games and during games, like the what's it, the groundskeeper, oh, wow. right? Or wow. the uh, receptionists, right? True, true. Sales receptionists and so, marketers. True, marketers, so many yeah. people, they're actually trying to 
make this urban station run smoothly, exactly, right? Yeah, it can be as well run as can be. Um, and another person that we had the fortune to talk with is one of these guys right now, Joe Jackson, uh, who is who works for the club, works for Atlanta United in their uh, sales department. And uh, we were able to catch up with him at halftime of the game. Right? Halftime? What a great and guy, I, man. He really was great. Again, another pleasure. Definitely. Like, uh, he took his time in that small 15 minutes break yeah. and to actually come to us to be in this podcast episode, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, he really took his quick came us to even though he was busy, busy yeah um he took his time to come to us right right and uh it was another great conversation that we had True. in just a few minutes that we had with him he was a bit emotional right absolutely yeah i'd say so especially while the game the hype of the game was going on you could tell he's another man that was really passionate about this team yeah really passionate about the club and about atlanta soccer it was good to see his perspective because he's been in this project and working with the team like 14 months yeah and being selling tickets helping people to get seats and being a big part of selling out to this game 55,000 yeah. tickets we, came I don't to think, this game I don't think we mentioned we, we maybe we make... didn't kind of touch on it but this was a completely See, packed house yeah 55,000 seats 55,000 capacity right of Bobby Dodd Stadium yeah and 55,000 tickets sold it was very well done and without Joe Jackson and his co-workers and the entire team, this wouldn't be possible. And uh, we want to take you to the interview we had with Joe in the halftime. You, you're not being interviewed. I need it. Okay, Kerry, Kerry, we're here, we're here with Joe Jackson um, <laughs> that works for Atlanta United, that helps them, sells tickets, and you've been involved with the team for the past 14 months. Yes. Um, tell us about tell us about how many how many how many game tickets have you sold so far? Yeah, so it's it's been a ride. It's been a roller coaster ride, especially the ups and downs through like who the players were signing, where the fans are coming from. But uh, you know, it's it's March sixth right now, March fifth. Sorry, um, playing against the New York Red Bulls. We got thirty thousand season ticket holders in the stadium right now. Nice. And it's a sold out crowd. We got fifty five thousand people here today. What's the response that people have when you talk to them? Yeah, so I was out there at the American Family Ampem Village under the Atlanta United tent. Whether they were a single game buyer three-game buyer, four-game pack, or a founding member yeah. um, of the 30,000 joining that army. They are so excited. People want to see, and I think, you know, going up 1-0 at halftime right now, nice. people are realizing yeah. what this team can do in the style of soccer they're going to play. It's a whole new style in MLS. It's going to yeah. be great. Oh, yeah. What's the, what's the team mean to you personally? Man, it's, it's been a journey, man. 13, 14 months putting people in seats. Yeah. The good, the bad, the ups and down. You know, thought we were only going to be in Mercedes-Benz. You know, adapt to change. Um, now we're in Bobby Dodd, Georgia Tech. And what did we do? We sold it out, man. Um, so, yeah, just seeing all these people here, you know, you get emotional. You feel that, you know, that euphoric, emotional feeling just being so happy. And, you know, you feel like you have a big part of what's going on today. I mean, you've been involved with the team, with the people that works behind. And it seems like the crew is very dedicated. They care about the city. They care about people. Um, how do you think long term? Are we are we going to are we going to be 
challenging for the cops within the few, one year, two years? Yeah, without a doubt. It goes back to Arthur Blank. He's a yeah. great owner. He wants to put a product on the field. That's why he went out and, you know, got Tata Martino, Carlos Bocanegra, an incredible, yes. you know, executive staff with Atlanta United. They hired the best. They want to be the best. Yeah. Um, and they want to win. They want to bring Atlanta a championship. And I think this is a great avenue and channel that Atlanta United is going to bring in, you know, bring it home. What would you say is the uh, the hype around uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Think how oh, how yeah. different will it be from yeah. uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium? It'll be interesting because out here, a lot of these people, you know, our soccer fans have been watching Mercedes-Benz. That is, you know, an international venue that's going to bring in so many people um, beyond just Georgia. It's going to bring in all the adjacent states, Tennessee, Alabama, North Florida, or even down low, um, you know, all of Florida, North, South Carolina, especially, you know, that first game, July 30th against Orlando City. You know, hopefully there's a flock of purple, but even, you know, you can't really tell because it's just flocked out with the Landing United fans. It's going to be incredible. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we open up the no. upper deck and 75,000 people are in there. Hope so, man. Hope so. I mean, we're going to support, man. And me and Kerry, we just want to say that we appreciate all the hard work that you and your team and everybody has put in and organized this. And finally be here, man. 1-0 at the halftime, and we just keep going, man. Yeah. We're supporting it. Thank you, Joe. All right, thanks, appreciate Thanks, Kerry. Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you, Joe, for being a part of the Odds Coaching King Socket Podcast show. And if you don't have bought season tickets or want to buy tickets or know how to get more involved in sponsorships for the team, please go ahead and contact Joe Jackson. Ah, yeah. Yeah, we urge you to go to a game. It really is an amazing experience. And um, it means a lot to the people like Joe and all these other back backroom staff yeah. that, that are less heard about. It means a lot to them as well. They sold 33,000 tickets right now, season tickets. Yeah, yeah. And they're just going to grow after this game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hopefully more sellouts for the game as we move into the new stadium. As right. we'll be going to the official stadium. The official stadium is Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mm. It's one of the top, top international venues that, that Joe also mentioned in the conversation. And it wouldn't be possible without Arthur Blank. Yeah, right. And thanks to Arthur Blank. The owner of the, the club. The owner of the club and the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, we have a franchise today. We also have to say big thank you for to MLS mm. <laughs> for allowing... Uh, Atlanta to have this franchise. Yeah, yeah. We also want to thank uh, the technical director, Carlos Bocanegra. Yeah, as well as Darren Eels, president yes. of the club. And uh, we know it meant a lot to them mm -hmm. uh, and all the staff. And we'd love to invite you guys to the show whenever. We share the same passion for the club. Yes. We know you have a massive passion for the club. Otherwise, the club wouldn't be, you know, exist. Yeah. Um, in fact, speaking of the passion for the club and what it means, I have a quote here, Oz, uh, from Arthur Blank, okay. the owner of the club, owner okay. and founder of the club, uh, that he, he, he gave, he mentioned during the game what it meant to him, what this, what the whole club meant to him, what seeing 55,000 screaming fans meant to him. And he said... Wait, wait. Did the other team score at that moment? <laughs> <laughs> like you? Maybe he was talking to his wife. Yeah. <laughs> go on, go on. He said, and I quote, I'm incredibly excited after a number of years of chasing this dream. 
see the enthusiasm of our fans and their commitment, their passion for our team, Atlanta United. It, it just makes my heart feel really good. I know that sounds hokey, but that's how I feel, end quote. So this uh, this man clearly loves the club, and he put a lot of work into the club, just like Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra and Joe Jackson. Kevin Kinley. Kevin Kinley, and uh, they are so thrilled to see their hard work pay off. It was great to be a part of this game. It was great to be a supporter for this game. The second half kept going, yeah. and New York Red Bulls scored 1-1 one, one goal. Yeah, they did. It was a great game. It was. It was back and forth, back and forth chances, and uh, Atlanta was close to go up to 2-0, but it was 1-1. One, one. Mm, right. And we also had a red card. Yeah, late on. Late, late on. on. Red card before then. Tempers must have boiled over before then. New York took the lead. Yeah. 2-1 with an own goal. And then the red card happened, and things from the last 10, 15 minutes kind of went south for Atlanta, didn't they? They did, they did. Supporters didn't really know how to come back with it, but it's a learning curve, and we have set the path to tradition to grow. Yeah, yeah. And this is just the beginning, and March 5th, 2017 was when history was made Absolutely. in the city. And we were a part of it. We were there. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the eighth episode of the Oz Coaching King Socket Podcast Show. Yes. We were there, man. We saw the big gold Atlanta building. We saw the Coca-Cola sign. We saw the AT&T building. And we had 55,000 people watching soccer in Atlanta. We were there, man. It happened. Yeah. Part of it. It was something that we've been waiting for for years. And so glad to see it finally here with so many other people that we could share this moment with, right? Right, right. And um, we shared it with friends. We had a good pregame and 
we really enjoyed the build-up walking to this game this excitement that me and you had looking at each other as we walked to the stadium it's definitely a good good memory i'd say so I, i'm not, never gonna forget it during the game as well once as, as soon as we got there we got there in time for the national anthem and i could just feel the emotion welling up inside me and then the anthem finished and everyone started chanting um and people like Kevin Kinley, the founder of the faction, are actually setting a foundation, a tradition, a legacy to the future generations. And uh, it's really beautiful to see how the Atlanta supporters are getting together and are actually united. Right, and I'm excited to see how, how uh, traditions, like you said, like the thunderclap will develop right and what sort of traditions the club will make its own like the songs that barcelona and liverpool sing before games true true um will we have glory we will what how will we celebrate that glory will we all meet at centennial park and clap we will all sing georgia on my mind will we all dance it's definitely in the dreams yeah it's definitely in the dreams but it's a beautiful dream and i think you're not the only person i'm not the only person that has this dream people like joe joe jackson uh, are also dreaming the same things people have put so much work into the the club and the running of the club uh dream for success and dream for a good time in the Atlanta soccer sand, sand landscape. Definitely. And we're all contributing to the growth of soccer. Like the crew and the team at Silverbacks and what they're doing. Yeah. They have this local team going and building for a new season that comes up in May in the MPSL. And good tickets and good prices to go out with family, go out with your kids, to do something and watch soccer live as well. And... It's wonderful that soccer and life provides us with these beautiful moments uh, that we capture in a manner of different ways. And once we capture these moments, we, Ozer and I, at Oz, Kotcher, and King, uh, would love to share them to you guys at home. Encourage you to go out and find these precious moments and capture them. And these precious moments will sometimes be so hard to describe yeah we want to put a label on them we want to put a description and words on and we want to grab them and we want to never let them go and these moments mean so much but there will be more moments that are not possible to describe or explain why and something like that happened when i was trying to explain how i was feeling but for me, that moment was so precious. And I think it was precious for so many more people too. And that's life. We're going to keep those memories. And this is what we do. This is what we do. Yeah. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please go ahead, subscribe to our show so you can get a new episode each week. Because we are ready. We are ready to give you soccer entertainment and good show 
each week. We're doing this for you because we love this sport and we love to share this with you guys. So we are ready. You're ready, Oz? I'm ready. Are you ready, Kerry? I'm ready. We are ready for y'all. Thank you for listening to the eighth episode of the Oscotch and King Socket Podcast, Podcast Show. Show.